0: I guess we can go to the next question. <laughs> <All right. laughs> I mean, I, maybe it
1: seems like people don't call me for a goat <laughs> <laughs> Um, Eric, by four, I'm sorry if I got that wrong. Uh, when should you start to consider you need more guys? Or go- girls? Oh.
0: I think you you're talking about hiring your first employee, uh, more, or more employees. Yeah. Uh how bad is your how bad is your schedule fucked up?
2: Yeah.
0: For me, that's like if we're if I if I book work. And I build this. Now I try not to schedule anything hard anymore because I learned that lesson. Like now I just tell people well, you're the next in line. We get there when we get there. I don't know when exactly that'll be. Um, But if we're falling way behind where I think we should be, I, you know, there's the weather factor, but I tend to think sometimes maybe I've felt like one person would accomplish more than they can. You know? Or something. And maybe that's when I would start to look at, say, if we add someone, does that make things better? Or is the work just more complex? And maybe I fucked this up. And then normally I conclude I fucked it up. But it, I guess maybe it would be that if your schedule's behind, that's where I would start to think hard about bringing on some more people. That can also just cause more havoc in your life. But I, I guess that's, I, or if we have enough work to start another crew, or for us, like if we're going to buy another truck, we need to buy a drug. we need to find someone to sit in the seat, right? We need a seat person. So that's where we I, think about it.
2: I'm gonna go the opposite way. Because labor is so hard to get a hold of. Great guys. I say if you can find anyone who's good or great or phenomenal, hire them now and find the work for them. Because finding the work is the easy part. And the last couple of years it has been an easy part but you can't afford to miss a good set of hands because you're not sure if you have the work for them. And maybe that's me coming from a, uh, a place of privilege where we have a lot of work ahead, but, um, sorry, Mendoza. No. Um, I think
0: that's why people call you for coaching calls. That's great. Again, Chad, <laughs> Chad is dropping the mic tonight. That is amazing advice. Bring I it in I'd the said, heat. I totally uh, wish I'd said that. That's so a broken good. clock
1: it, is
2: right twice a day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no, but like you can't afford not to to hire these good guys if you have the opportunity. Um
1: I agree. Mike? Uh we all know my employee situation, so I'm not gonna try to give any advice on that, especially after the heat that Chad just dropped there, so if you guys are ready, we'll go to the next question. Bring it. 45scapes asks, ask the guys about being bonded, if they are, and how the process works to become a bonded, I'm assuming company. That was left out.
0: Uh, I am not bonded. That's why I subcontract most of our commercial work because I don't want to deal with it. And I have worked extensively at, bond, at bonded companies, and it is a lot of accounting it's an accounting thing yeah. It, you have to, yeah
2: yeah we're not bonded either um i think you can get bonds based on certain jobs right like you don't have to be bonded uh, well you tra- you're,
0: and- you're trying to bond yeah you're in order to bond a job normally you have to you apply at a bonding company and it's like <clears throat> this is when i was involved in that world so i'm not haven't been for quite a while. So everyone needs to take this with a grain of salt, but we would pay for a separate set of accounting that we go to the bonding company and it was expensive to be bonded. And at the at the end of my run at that place, we were debating whether being bonded was even worthwhile because we had really cut down on to be most of the time, I think of all the private GC jobs we did, there was only one that asked for bonding. Mm-hmm. It was a company from the States that demanded bonding. And then we had to charge them for the bond because we had to pay for the bond. Yeah. So we said to them like, you're the builder. You really like you're the client. You Like it made no sense, but they wanted a bond municipal municipal work all had to be bonded. So, but by the end of my run there, we weren't really even bidding or doing any municipal work because the municipal tenders were getting 30, 40 um, people closing it. And so it was like, why would you bother with that? Yeah, but it was some kind of a the bonding. You had to do certain accounting, and then you could apply to be a bonded company. And you have to have like a whole track record of things, yeah, experience, blah blah blah. And then they would used to rate us. We could bond up to two million dollar jobs, but then if we wanted to bond like a five million dollar job, sometimes. For a brief period, we had like a parent company. We would have to use the parent company to bond and bond both jobs because their bond was good to ten million. Like it's it was a complex thing.
2: Hmm.
0: I don't think you need to have need to have it to run a successful commercial company. Only if you want to work municipal,
2: like we do a lot of municipal work, um, but our GCs don't ask us to be bonded. And when we do city jobs, I mean we put a bid bond down at like ten percent, right? So um, a lot of our city jobs will ask us for 10% um, for two years, um, just to make sure trees survive and shit like that. Is
0: it a 10% holdback or do you put down the 10%? No, of- you got to
2: put down 10% in cash. Yeah. So like whenever you go to submit your bid, say it's a $60,000 tree job, you have to write them a check for six grand and give it to them with your bid. Right. So even if they don't, Even if you're not a winning bid, they've still got your money for two, three, four, eight weeks until they decide to return it to you. Hmm. Um, Which now isn't a big deal, but if you can imagine early on, starting off, so you have to pay for the trees, you pay for your bid bond, you have to pay your guys, you have to pay the topsoil and all your fuel and your insurance and all this shit. You're in it for... 40 grand before you see anything back on that $60,000 tree job. Right. So it's, uh, it takes money to make money, I guess, but there's also like, cause on the flip side, residential, you don't have to put out any of your money, right? You should be buying your material with clients' money and I don't know, like it's uh, just a completely different ball game.
0: So we're not bonded.
1: So we're not bonded. <laughs> that was the last question I had.
0: Oh, you did not go to the Not Our Finest Hour questions?
1: I did. Do you want me to start going on those?
0: Sure, yeah. Unless we have a different segment we're going by.
1: And No, I don't have anything else, to you guys? Uh... I thought this was a short episode. Yeah, this is going to be a short one. Well, we still got a few, a 10, 20 minutes, something like that. And I we mean, still I got quite a bit 20 of 20 questions. Off, right? quite, quite a bit of questions came through on the Not Our Finest Hour one wow sign that up all right uh war striper 71 i believe this is the gentleman that left us the voicemail yeah it's warren yeah warren thank thank you you so much um how long have the three of you been in business
0: this is our this is
1: paver king's fifth season i'm at five or six too so yeah i think so Hmm.
2: This will be Natural Design's twelfth season, I believe. Happy birthday to us! Nice.
0: <laughs> you are the you are the old man of the group. The old man. <laughs>
1: uh, Newly Ottawa, our number one fan. Speaking of hose shots, what is the best type of hose? Oh,
0: not the cheap green one <laughs> that kinks and wraps all around you. Yeah. <laughs>
2: The best hose is a warm hose mm. that's been in the sun all day.
1: Uh,
2: no, um, I like those red farmers hoses with the big brass uh, connectors on them. About a hundred bucks a piece. I think those are, for the most part, those are the only ones we buy, and they're great until the civil rides over them with their bulldozer bonus points if they're connected to a timer to water your trees
1: nice anyway. i anyway
0: i think that you shouldn't cheap out on a good hose if you're gonna put but a hose in the alone trailer, or well pictures i mean I, for me if you're going if this is directed at i feel like the fluorescent hose picks up the pavers the best a brightly colored hose you don't if you go with a black hose it gets lost in the pavers it can be mistaken as a joint trying things jointing compound you know, a resin if if you're good, you know for me i think you should be sourcing out brightly colored hoses a blue one with an orange stripe always a highlight always a highlight but and I, I don't think you should, i just as a personal note don't cheap out on hoses it just costs you it causes more pain and it costs you more money You can buy 20 cheap, shitty green hoses over buying one good $100 hose that will last you till the civil runs over it.
2: (laughs) I feel like in Cornwall, homeowners all have that. You see this, you know, this shrinking hose Oh yeah! Oh yes! Yeah. Everybody has the shrinking hose, as seen on TV, or what, some of them still have the sticker, as seen on TV. Yep. The shrinking hose, and they're and they're wrapped around their little that plastic thing, the the hose reel. But I always tell the guys, never use the client's shrinking hose. Take out our hoses every time.
0: Why? Are you anti shrinking hose?
2: I'm anti breaking the
1: client's shit while we're there. It's also got. It's also like a felty uh, yeah, yeah. outside. So if you yeah. do poly with that, that's going to get like completely messed up. Yeah,
2: yeah. I say disconnect the client's hose. Yeah, even on the spool, we use our own hoses.
1: Those are uh, plenty in the retirement community that I yeah. frequent.
2: The
0: expandable. Maybe hose when
1: they move is, in, yeah, they yeah. give you a new shrinking hose. <laughs> 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 Welcome to the
2: community. Here's your shrinking hose.
0: So. Just to take a step back, the guy who works in the retirement community most of the time said that sales is going to mostly go to the younger people.
2: <laughs>
0: I'm just putting it up there because I've like got it. I've no, got an but, in
1: with those younger people through their parents. To their, parents. he
2: sees his client base dying off. <laughs> <laughs> Mike's there sweeping in the poly and the clients are dying on the spot. They're gonna go after the kids for the money now.
1: I've been uh I've made it a point to ask them to introduce me to their uh, their <laughs> children so that I've got an in with their the next ones that are I get homes. your
0: email in case I need, you know, your dad's away and I can <laughs> PK he just
2: introduce to the daughters. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Not the sons. <laughs>
0: try to be honest about something and look what comes
1: (laughs) (laughs) all right next question here we're done with hoses Uh, beyond the lawn has two questions for us first one is how did you take massive action this past week Mm.
2: Mm. I tiled Uh, my kitchen today
1: oh I saw that
2: yeah my wife is stoked Sweet. she has been finding reasons to walk by the kitchen and happy
0: wife happy life
2: yeah that's my massive action for the week I tell her I'll do one thing around the house per year and this this year is the kitchen
1: wow
0: yeah uh I worked Saturday and Sunday hauling snow and we hauled like a
1: massive amount.
0: Uh, I don't. Well, it depends. I guess it depends on your definition. I've hauled a lot of snow some nights, so it depends on the definite. Like we had, um, I probably hauled myself forty loads on on uh, Saturday, and then I probably hauled another twenty five on Sunday, and then I went to another job and hauled some more snow, and then we dumped like I don't know. 50 loads of snow or something at our dump. And then we had to push it around. That was the massive, the massive action we took was to get the snow moved before the rainstorm. Because if you're in the snow moving business and it rains, your money is literally running down the drain. Like it is like your money is going down. I'm I remember one year, It was when my life was in a bit of turmoil, not that we've ever talked about that. And we were bleeding money because we were supposed to be like, we were plowing mostly by the push and it hadn't snowed at all. And then it was one really big storm and there was piles of snow everywhere. And we were going to get into this snow moving and it was going to be a big deal. And we were going to make some money. And I was pumped about it. And then they were like, okay, Let's do it and then a rainstorm a random rainstorm came in and wiped out all the piles of snow. And I remember being
2: devastated by it. So but the so if, I, whenever you're paid to remove snow? Yeah. Is it by the hour?
0: It depends. There, we have some clients that hire us by the hour and I have some clients
2: so that hire if it by the load. If it's raining while you're removing snow?
0: I've done that. You got to hustle.
2: Are you Wanting to get rid of the piles faster or yes. yes?
0: Well, I guess, well, because they're going to be gone. First of all, like you want to get.
2: Regardless of whether you're trucking them away or it's melting on the spot, it's going to be gone. So do you want them to stay and, or do you you want the snow to stay and load it into the truck to get it away? Or do you just want it melted there?
0: If, well, I I would always want to do the work, I guess. Like,
2: see, because I'd be in between loads, I'd be taking the loader and fanning it out across the parking lot and driving over it and melting it. Well, and shit I, and
0: we're we're you know, almost like, never loading. I only have maybe three clients where we might take our skid steer and load the snow for them. Ninety nine percent of the time, we're not. We're just trucking the snow. Yeah.
2: So you're by the hour
0: on it. Well, we so we do it three ways. We do it. If you're just moving snow around on the property, which we have some clients, then that's usually just all by the hour. And then we have people who call us in for one or two loads. So that would be usually by the load if we're disposing of it, because it's a couple loads and they're usually smaller clients that have like small spaces and they're like, Hey, I need to get two loads of snow out of here to create more parking at the convenience store. And then the third way we do it is we do it, by the hour, but with a dump fee, because we're using our dump to dump okay. the snow. So it's and I just let the clients pick whatever they think is, I guess, gonna be hmm. going to be the best for a lot of it for them comes down to how they priced it and how they if you're just moving snow around on site, obviously that's always by the hour and that's how they would price it. If you're actually taking snow off site, then it becomes more complex and it becomes how did they present it to their client when they hmm. bid the bid the parking lot. Or the job or whatever but we i felt like we moved a lot of we had six trucks running on sunday oh, um, i felt like we that was some massive action we took some massive action with some of our clients and mm-hmm. we created more parking for people that nature would have created three days later but hey whatever
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> No, I, that, that was our massive action of the because the rest of this week has been a bit of a a bit of a jam. I don't know. We hauled dirt for two days this week, too. Oh, nice. Cody floated a machine. We delivered gravel to a client who's doing a patio in the middle of the winter. Props to them. Ooh. Wow. Uh, yeah. I, it's one of those they're trying to open something. I'm sure you've done some stuff, that uh, we trying to open yeah. something. So we delivered yeah. three loads of gravel this week, too. So we had some... For the middle of february or start of february i feel like we took massive action this week
1: nice what did you do mike Mike? yeah uh what did i do my massive action uh i paid a progress payment to my developers for the software which is likely going to be released next week so that would be my massive action nice Yeah. yeah Uh, so the next question from Beyond the Lawn is patio slope hot or not? If hot or not, what's your percentage?
2: What was the What was the first part? I missed it.
1: Patio slope hot patio or not? Slope, like a percentage? Yeah, just or just patio slope in general. Hot or not? And if hot or not, what's your percentage? Order
2: bubble, two percent order bubble. Okay, is
1: it hot? Is it hot, hot? though? Yeah. Do you like patio slope?
2: Do I have a choice? Like, what's the criteria?
1: Well, it's a personal preference.
2: Can I I build it flat with, like, a resin? You can
1: do whatever you want.
2: Well, it'll depend on the job. Yeah. So, if we need slope, it's a quarter bubble, 2% minimum. And, uh... It's lukewarm. (laughs) If we could do like a resin, like a pool surround, completely flat, that's hot. hot.
0: I think patio slope is not hot. It sucks because no one likes it, but it's a necessary evil. Unless you're doing what Chad said with a resin. And I would say that we're quarter bubble, 2%. On average, maybe a little bit less if we can, depending on how big the patio is and how far the water has to go. But i I prefer the build. I prefer the build flat resin method, or even the one percent slope resin method. So even when the resin isn't cleaned or power washed or whatever, fucking God only knows what can go wrong with the resin. The resin's pretty new, so we're all in the little like fucking grace period, newlywed period with the resin. All of us are loving the resin. We're feeling it. We're going home every night and we're all taking our clothes off and we're getting in bed with the resin and we're loving it. No one's rolling over and looking at the walls on the other side right now, but I feel like that bubble may burst because it is just a product we're all using. And I'm sure we'll find ways to fuck the shit out of that. So, uh, but I would prefer to do flat patio with resin because I think the client has a better experience on the patio.
1: Agreed. I I quoted a driveway just recently with resin. So we'll see how that Turns out, I guess. I have a
0: driveway with resin we're doing in the spring. Do you? It made me feel sick when I saw the, because I pre-order, I like we pre-order everything months in advance, and then they send me the quotes, and it made me feel fucking ill when I looked at how much
1: it I bet. It. I
0: was like, oh, God, have you quoted it yet? Like priced it out yet? That's yeah.
1: Yeah, I have. It's expensive. But I feel like it might be hassle-free. It takes a long time to, to install, but we touched on this before. Nine, mm, yeah, several times, maybe yeah. once <laughs> <laughs> uh I'm gonna say one percent personally, if it's a aggressively textured stone, I'll go two percent. um yeah, that's my slope, hot or not, uh obviously, we talked flat, always best, but obviously you can't m k landworks, do you know your numbers?
2: No. i know them in passing they're an acquaintance of mine but i don't know them
1: (laughs) that was awesome Uh,
0: (laughs) i have a general idea i don't know them to the penny i have a general idea i was actually listening to a podcast today where a guy was like i run over my profit and loss statement every saturday I was like, Jesus,
2: holy, yeah. I that's like, intense. I
0: think I, made me feel a little guilty, feeling secure. <laughs> I don't think I've looked. I've, I know I do a meeting with the accountant once a year, and I think that's there, but I can't say for certain. So I have a general idea of our overall costs in my head, and I track it, and I have it like Kelly and I talk about stuff and what it like. I know what we have to recoup every month, and I, but I don't. I do not know my numbers to, uh, to, like, I know what you're, that guy's asking, do you know your numbers? Do you, and I'm gonna say no, I don't, because
1: that's, I don't. And he did say it uh, jokingly, because he did add a nerdy uh, emoji afterwards, so I would assume this is more so a joking.
0: I have a general idea, but I don't know them the way that people who talk constantly about knowing their numbers, know their numbers.
2: So, like, I joke about not knowing my numbers, but like my brain's always thinking about what we're doing, right? Like, say we've got a patio, and I know how many square feet, and how much that costs, and how many bags of sand, and how much gravel, and all this shit. Like, that's all running through my head. But I'm not going to give you a down to the penny. I can get you within 500 bucks.
0: And they're, for me, talk, they're that
2: talking.
1: They're talking about sane enough.
0: Yeah, but they're talking about do you know your numbers, like your overhead costs?
1: Yeah, I I think that's what do, most you know, people you know, talk about when they like say when that.
0: they're talking about do you know your numbers. I think what they're talking about is. Do you know how to recoup your overhead costs through your labor rate?
2: Yeah, charge more. Our answer is always charge more. That's it. Every year, things have to go up. Inflation went up. We did okay last year. Let's face it off last year. We have the
1: same guys. All the
2: shit. We just need to charge more. So you don't have... Sorry, go ahead,
1: Mike. Chad, do you charge different or do you have a different process of coming about your number that you're going to quote? Uh commercial versus residential. Do you have a different system in your head in place for each of those?
2: Yeah. We have a day rate for residential and commercial, it's all unit rate. And I know ballparks, what we can accomplish in a day. Mind you, the commercial guys will throw a fucking wrench in your plans real quick. Mm. So it's hard to recoup whenever they say you can't be or it's hard to know your numbers and put your plan into action to recoup on that whenever they're telling you you can work Monday, Tuesday, but Wednesday, we need, we need the space to do this and you can plant some trees, but not all of them because we have to get in there with access to this. And you can do some sod and water is here, but this spot's not going to be ready for three weeks. And like, so again, my answer has always been charge more to just, to deal with all this shit that we're going to have to. So we think of it as a full cup of money as bad as it is. And every time something goes wrong, someone takes a little scoop of that money out of your cup. And hopefully by the end of the job, there's still enough that you can get a nice big gulp out of it. And I think just, that, yeah,
0: but that. I think that's true for any contractual work you do. Like, that's a, like I've, not use the cup analogy, but I've said to lots of people like when we start a contract is that the moment we start we start vaporizing the money off the contract. every single thing we do on a contract, we're making less profit.
2: yeah
0: every single thing we do every action we perform. as soon as we put the key in and turn it and we start driving there, we've lost money on that job. all yeah. every contract, all it is is about losing money. you are losing money every day on every contract.
1: So you and want to you plug, plug the hole before it becomes... You
0: want to plug the hole in the ship. Well, you're just losing... You're bleeding money every you day. You want to
1: get the ship to the harbor
2: before it's sunk. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Right?
0: You're losing money every day. Every single day you go to work on a contractual job, you're losing money. And, and people will be like, oh, I priced it so that I'm going to make this much at the end. I'm like, okay, great. But what if you what if you could find a way to make more? What if you plugged holes in your ship and made more? Like it's, you're just, Contractual work is just one big loss with a smaller wind at the end a small wind at the end yeah
2: yeah that's
0: people to ask me why i like hourly work we do a lot our, we do a lot of hourly work like a way bigger percentage of our work is usually hourly over i like hourly work because i like singles i'm happy to hit four singles a week and then get home by the end of the week but there's people who want to swing for the fence every fucking day and those, and those people love contractual work because when you do contractual work for everything you do, you swing for the fence every day, or you should be. If you're doing contractual work and you're not swinging for the fence daily, why the fuck are you doing contractual work? That's the only reason to do it, mm-hmm. to hit the home runs. You don't do contractual work to hit a double. You hit do contractual work to hit a home run. That's just how we structure our business. We have crews that work hourly because I know that they are going to make money every fucking day and they are going to bring home and cover overheads and cover costs when the trucks go out hourly I know when you put the trucks out on a job where they're getting paid by the load what if the excavator breaks down that I don't own that has shit fuck all to do with me like it, it's when people pay by the load the risk all becomes mine so in general it depends what you're doing, and people need to figure that out for themselves. But in general, doing things with us by the load, you're probably going to pay a little bit more because I'm taking all. Well, I'm taking all the risks. So if you say you're doing a job where you're digging, and I'm saying I'm going to do it by the load, and then I think you should get five loads out of there a day but then you only get two because your skid steer broke down and your operator's a piece of shit and the homeowner complained and moved this. I'm the one getting fucked because I did it by the load. Whereas if I do things by the hour, I don't give a shit if the truck sits there all day with the key turned off. It's better for me. So it's, it's, it's just like, that's the thing with contracts is you're just every contract you ever do in your life. You are losing money from day one. And until you view it like that, you'll never make tons and tons of money in contracts. In my opinion. You have and, to get up on Monday and be like, I'm losing my fucking shirt today.
2: It just puts urgency on the job, right? Like it, yeah, it
1: does. Like,
2: it, you, we make it seem bad. Like you're absolute, like you're losing money every day and you are, but it's really not as terrible as you think. Right. Because you're still doing the work. You're still,
0: it's a planned you're loss. A you're, you're, it's a planned loss.
2: Yeah,
0: and the better your planning is on your loss of revenue, on your loss of money, it's not revenue, but the better you plan your loss, the more money you will make in the end.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Like if you if you're planting street trees, and you forget to order them, and they don't, and because you forget to order them, they don't come on first run, and you end up with guys cutting circles in front lawns for a whole fucking day. Chad knows because he's done it.
2: Yeah, oh, yeah. Oh,
0: yeah. I... Like, like, you've... That day is you lost money because of your poor planning.
2: Yes, that day I lost money, but I can't look at it on a daily basis. I have to look at the whole project. And instead of making 60 grand on the trees, we made 55 or something like that. But
0: that's... But that's right.
2: could, like you. Could I have been faster and got my shit together and got the trees correct or got the locates right on the first shot or something or...
0: More like, better planning. You're you're you are you you did not plan your loss well. Yeah. If you yeah. planned your loss well, your loss would have been less.
2: Yeah.
0: This yeah. is guru level shit. I'm gonna start a course about how contracting is just losing money and all you're trying to do is lose less money than the next guy. Yeah. Because all it is is losing money from day one. You're just paying people constantly, paying out tons of fucking shit. And hoping to collect more than you pay out. It's all just one big fucking loss. Really, if you look at your gross sales for the year, if you had done no work and been able to sell that and sell the fact that you had to do more work, you would have got to keep all the money.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So,
0: anyways. Yeah.
1: That's not as appealing for top of funnel as flashing <laughs> your bank statement and showing how much money you made. Yeah. and uh getting people in the top of funnel that way
0: not as appealing it's nine o'clock mike it's time for you to go
1: it's getting there yeah i haven't gotten a message yet i'm supposed to pick up my wife that's why i, I gotta go but uh there is one more question but chad what was your production rate on your tiling job
2: uh, how many square feet did i get total that's forty eighty, hundred sixty 80 160 square feet total so i was at it for Let's say eight
1: hours. So, um, whatever that division is,
2: twenty square feet an hour. No, no, eighty square feet total.
0: Eight hours, ten square eight. feet an hour.
2: How much square feet an hour, sir? Ten. Yeah, yeah. I think that's all right with cuts. With
0: cuts, did you with cut not grouted though?
2: No, it's not. Well, you can't.
0: No, I know. I'm just saying. At <laughs> least guess- not
2: finished. Yes, you're right. Like in. As a, in in a another, job, it's not.
0: In another true. life, in another lifetime, I did ceramic tiles in the winter for a couple years. And... We
1: need to have an episode where we just go through Mike's history. Oh I mean, I think that's a multiple series episode. Like you brought up that you didn't use car sales.
0: I did use car sales. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we need to go through your entire life was, journey.
0: Oh no! Oh god, that's not, that's not, that's not so much shit. Cloud snow. I cleaned the parking. I cleaned soot off pipes in a parking garage once. <laughs> I've done a lot of things to make a living, man. Uh, but the tile, the, the thing I hated about it was it was like this endless going back. When we first started, I you know I, my business partner at the time was a tiler. and so I I said I'll look for tile work, and I did, and I found it, and he gave me an idea how to price it. So we went the first day, and we did the scratch coat. And then we went back the next day and and we laid the tile. And it's like, okay, good. We can get fucking finally get paid. And he's like, no, no, we gotta go back and do the grout. I'm like, oh my God, is this like never fucking ending? How do we get through this process? I thought we would just come here, lay tile, get paid. But there is, it's all this three-stage process. It drove me nuts. Anyway, that's my thing. Tiling. And of course, this is ceramic, the biggest ceramic tile job we ever did, we never got paid for. There you go. Jeez. And I never did another Stanley Kel job after that. I think that was the last one.
1: Uh, All right, so last question. Oh, go ahead, Chad.
2: So my tiling rate is nearly as fast as Caleb's sod rate.
1: i fired up again. again. <laughs> I'm up again. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: it's, oh. it's a job, though. Like, I'm not a tile guy, that's for sure. But it seemed to go okay. I think it's a transferable skill. Sort of, from landscaping.
0: I think measuring the cuts is 100% a transferable skill.
2: Yeah. Yeah. It was okay.
0: I I didn't mind doing the work. I I like doing, because we actually, the guy I worked for, he built like a house slash cottage. And we did that for like two years, going up there to build this. And one of the things we did in the winter was tile it, because we knew how to do it. And we were just like employed by him. But we had i had a good i like it i like the measuring and that because you got to cut all these little things and t- using the saw and i it's, i like the,
2: i like doing the work and it's, it's not its much, much easier to cut tile than it is to cut brick
0: yeah and it's not as heavy in yeah. general yeah. yeah i enjoyed it yeah, that was okay. work i enjoyed doing hmm. except to going back honestly
2: do you think anyone ever wants to be a tile guy growing up Or do you think that's something they fall into as well?
1: I would think they fall into that too.
0: I feel like it's something their dad's doing.
2: Like when Uh, you get out of jail or something. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't know. I'm just fucking around. It's a skill,
1: you know. (laughs) Our final question. Canadian Dot Forces 1994. If you seen a guy on the side of the road with a sign looking for work, would you talk to them?
0: Uh, yeah, we have a guy who worked, well, so that's a long story Another many years ago. No, he still works with us, but they, he had gotten um, I guess let go from the job he was working at, and we had a residential crew um, working on that street, and he was sitting on the curb in front of his house because he was upset about having lost his job, and um, you know, his Obviously, he didn't want to tell his wife he lost his job, and so our foreman—he'd obviously been there for a while, I guess—and our foreman said to him, "You okay, man? You need anything? Like, you know, just watch, you know." And he said, "Oh, I lost my job. I don't have a job." And so he said, "Go down to the Lifetime Fitness and tell Mike you work here now." He went, "Okay." So he came down, and he's still around now. So I don't, I don't yeah. think that that's—I don't think that's a bad thing at all. If someone needs a hand up, and you can provide it, then. I don't have a problem with it at all. I think it's.
2: Uh, Did he have the sign though?
0: No sign. Well, I don't know. I wasn't. I he showed up and said, "Joe said I work here now," and I said, "Okay, cool. Start laying the pavers." We were doing like <laughs> <laughs> to put it in perspective. We <clears throat> were doing like forty-five thousand square feet of pavers around a pool, and we just needed as many hands as we could, and so we he showed up and he worked and he still works for us now. He's a good guy. He's a nice guy, and he works hard and. Just had a bad run of luck there in his life and needed a hand up, you know, which is fine.
1: A few years before I started at my supplier, I got told this. Uh, well, when I started working there, I got told the story by the truck driver that worked there that uh, the guy uh, that was used to be in charge of the yard actually was homeless and they didn't know that he was homeless. And he would actually f- sleep in their shop down below in the yard. On uh, a bunch of poly bags, uh, polymeric sand skids. And so he would work and then he would, uh, after work, immediately go to the corner with a sign asking for money and then go back to the yard when everybody was gone, Mm -hmm. set up his bed, sleep, and then get up before everybody came. And that was his day until he got caught.
0: Hmm. And then what happened?
1: Uh, I think he got fired for that. Oh unfortunately uh, that
0: didn't improve a situation no. at all. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like my story was a bit happier
1: yeah I, I left that out <laughs> until you asked
0: so. <laughs> I, I wanted to hear that he moved on to a flourishing career and went back to school and <laughs> I, obviously that's not the case but yeah. not every story has a happy ending
1: no that's true
0: <laughs> <laughs> sleeping on the poly bags so Now that you've told this story, some supplier is going to come out with a thing where if someone has slept on the bags, the sand will not harden. (laughs) 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 Listen, if people are sleeping on the skids, you know, we don't know. We can't be responsible for that. We can't
2: be responsible for that.
0: (laughs) No Uh, pre-compaction and someone slept on the skids? Are you fucking nuts? How can you expect this fucking product to work? (laughs) Uh, We will never be sponsored by a poly company. No. No. All right. (laughs) Are we done? We got an episode in here? That's it. That's two
1: episodes, guys. We're good. We're,
0: We're ending. This is the end of the episode. Thanks for listening. Thanks for sharing. Remember, watch our Instagram And you could get your free Not Our Finest Hour live on our show, on our podcast coaching from Mike and Chad. I will not be participating. I'll just be taking notes and making sure that I am also receiving the coaching from Mike and Chad because no one wants to get coached by me. We are out. Thanks for listening to the Not Our Finest Hour podcast. This is the end of the podcast.